0: So those are the people that we hear from here because these people, while they choose to live in these small towns, they don't dream small. Their life may be in a small location, but they are anything but small in their impact. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, Small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well lived being small minded. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Small Minded Podcast here with your host, Molly Knuth of Molly Knuth Media. I cannot believe this, but it's true. You guys, the podcast is half of a year old. Like, how did that happen? (laughs) I feel like I had thoughts and dreams of starting a podcast for months, if not a year, before I finally Published or uploaded my very first episode. And now to be six months removed from that launch and to see the downloads growing and the messages coming in quicker and hearing your stories of how you're connecting to these interviews and these suggestions and tips for your own small towns and small businesses. Like, I just can't believe it. It's crazy. We are past the 25 episode mark. I'm not exactly sure what this number is, but. It's just crazy to believe that here we are after six months. So I thought, in the spirit of that half birthday, and with a recent email that I received from a listener, today was a good day to kind of, well, A, record a short episode. And B, I wanted to revisit the topic of being small minded, what that means here, and what it means not only for me and my podcast, but as a broader community of listeners and people with like, just like-minded values and thoughts. So that's what today's going to be about. We're going to revisit this theme of being small-minded in a good way. And we are going to also address that listener email and kind of talk about what it means to have big dreams in a small town and all of the great and sometimes scary things that come along with that. So let's just dive in. Okay, at the beginning of every episode, and at the beginning of this episode too, you heard the following paragraph. At Small Minded, we're flipping the script on what it means to be small minded, because we believe that being small is a good thing. Small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. And here at Small-Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. You're probably like, why did I have to sit through that twice? But honestly, everything in that manifesto is what this podcast believes and what we want to share and celebrate in your business, your community, your town, all across the United States. Because being small in a small town, in a small business is a choice. And it's easy to say all of these things, but I know that those of you out there who choose this way of life too, It's a choice, but it can be a hard way to live even though it's easy to say all these things. So I just want to repeat it every day and let you know that you aren't alone. You're part of a community. You're part of a movement. Truly, there is a movement happening here of this push and this desire to live more simply in these smaller towns, these smaller communities, and in rural settings. There's a desire for this simplistic way of life that gets back to knowing your neighbor and waving as you drive down the road and letting your kids play in the backyard and ride their bike to their friend's house and giving kids chores and like there's this desire for that and we celebrate that here and when I bring in guests and interviews they believe that too they believe that this is a great way to live and they also believe that Part of living that lifestyle is bringing their own talents and gifts to the table. And so these people who are on the podcast, you'll find that maybe they are business owners. A lot of them in the past have been, but some of them are also part of nonprofits and community organizations and just groups of people who come together around common interest and common goals in these small towns. And we can learn from them and learn how they had this little like itch at the corner of their brain. And how they shared that with people who might be able to help. And they grew this idea into something major in their town. So those are the people that we hear from here. Because these people, while they choose to live in these small towns, they don't dream small. Their life may be in a small location, but they are anything but small in their impact. So in our sense of the phrase, being small-minded is a good thing. Because it reminds us of all of these reasons that we choose to live here. And granted, maybe the choice was like easy. Maybe the choice was kind of made for us. Maybe it's where the farm was. You can't move the farm, right? Maybe it's where we grew up. And we wanted that same way of life for our children as they grow up. For others of us, maybe we saw that there was an opportunity for a bigger impact in a smaller setting. Maybe that's volunteer, maybe that's business, but you wanted to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, right? So for others, you might have lived in your small town or made that choice because it's a slower pace. It's a simpler way of life. It's safety. So for all of those reasons, we chose small. And even though we know that being in a small town Is a real blessing. I do believe, and I'm going to have this disclaimer, but I do believe that, like, when we look at movies and TV and even songs to an extent, like the portrayal of small towns in the media, and I like disclaimer here's the disclaimer I do not believe the media is the enemy, but I do believe that a lot of these portrayals of small towns sometimes they're really good and accurate, but other times they like really boil things down a little too simplistically. You know what I mean? Where it's like not everybody in a small town works a Christmas tree stand and not every person in a small town is a farmer. But I do believe that a lot of the modern portrayals of small town in rural America are like very simplistic and overly primitive and sometimes even like they portray small town people as backwards, like we don't have running water, maybe we don't have the internet, so we don't get the most recent meme. None of that's true. You guys know that. Um, I know I'm just preaching to the choir here. But I believe that like a lot of these media portrayals, like with their boiled down, watered down version of small town life, they make out these small towns to be places where people get stuck or where people land rather than like make that actual choice to live there. Like how many times have we seen on a Netflix show? I'm thinking of one in particular, but it's like, oh, this guy, he was going to be part of the football, like NFL team, but then he just couldn't hack it. And so he moved back to a small town. Now everybody makes fun of him for not being able to make it as an NFL quarterback. And it's like, okay, I get it. Because like, yeah, a lot of us do move back to our, maybe our hometown communities And maybe some of that's true to an extent, but I also believe that we aren't just places where people land because they don't have any better options. And that's part of what Small Minded is about too. We're flipping the script on that. We're saying people actively choose this. It's not just, oh, we're settling for this other option. People choose small town because of all the blessings and the advantages that we can have by opting for this smaller way of life. In a recent study that I actually have linked in the show notes if you want to read it, but the study was conducted by the National Corporation United Van Lines, and they every year perform a study comparing which states people are moving to and which states people are moving away from. And the 2020 data is very interesting. And we have to like take this with a grain of salt that The pandemic and COVID had a lot to do with these migration patterns. But the data is unquestionable that people in the year 2020, for the most part, moved away from urban, metro, city areas and into these lesser populated, more rural states. So like just in the data of the states that people were moving away from, the number one was New Jersey the most densely populated state, New York was on that list, Connecticut, California. People were moving out of these states in major numbers. On the contrary, people were moving into states, the 10 highest states with the largest influx included Idaho, South Dakota, Wyoming, Arkansas, a lot of southeast states like Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina. Um Oregon, Vermont. So a lot of these, again, you're going to hear me say this a million times this episode, a lot of these smaller states with less populated areas were where people were choosing to move to in 2020. So I think all of that just illustrates the point that small towns aren't just where people land when they have no better options. And they aren't just places that are backwards and primitive. They are being actively sought after. And I don't know about your areas, but in my area and in some conversations I've had with other people in small towns across the country, these smaller communities that are desirable to live in are actually at a deficit of housing because so many people want homes in these communities. It's hard to come by houses. They're just on the market and then they go as quickly as they were listed. So all that tells me that people want this slower, smaller way of life. So, for those of us that are in these communities, it is to our advantage to think in a small minded way. Again, our interpretation of small minded, where we're flipping the script and we're saying that choosing small is a good thing because we're putting our small towns first with this perspective. We're thinking about how not only can we be adapting technology, adapting concepts, making improvements that are trendy or cutting edge, we're thinking and considering all of that while also honoring the values and the benefits for why people chose to live in a small town anyway. So by thinking with that perspective, it just kind of changes the way we think. And we're not adopting these new things just because it's trendy and it's what people in the big cities are doing. We're doing it because it is to the advantage of our town, to the advantage of our citizens, to the advantage of our area, to adopt some of these small-minded strategies and these small-minded concepts. So (laughs) what does this mean for you and me? It means not letting ourselves think that just because we're in a small town, we can't have a big impact. It's actually quite the opposite. In a small town, we can volunteer. We can be part of local boards and organizations. We can be on the school board. We can be in the PTO. We can lead and start movements that actually have a greater impact than the average person can in a densely populated area. We can impact and affect change on a greater scale. And we have the ability to contact and connect with our neighbors and other people in our town to make sure that what we are doing is in their best interest. And that's the beauty of why I think being small-minded and living small is a great thing. So that's what we do here. And I thank you so much for being part of it. If you've followed the Small-Minded podcast for any amount of time, you know that behind the scenes is me, Molly, the owner and operator of Molly Knuth Media. And at Molly Knuth Media, Social media marketing for small-town small businesses is kind of our jam. We love to help small-town small businesses market themselves better online through workshops, digital courses, e-learning opportunities, and digital downloadable tools. And this month in particular, we're focusing on one specific platform that I get questions about more than any other. In 2021, Instagram is all the rage for small businesses, But if you've checked out that platform before, you know that that operates differently than if you're marketing on YouTube or Facebook or email. So this month at Molly Knuth Media, we are focusing on Instagram and helping you figure out the lay of the land a little easier from workshops on hashtags to our signature Instagram Academy five-week group coaching program, we are here to help you learn Instagram, specifically how to market your business on Instagram. So head over to mollyknuthmedia.com shop for our workshop details and how to get registered for these programs. Again, that's mollyknuthmedia.com shop. And I'd love to help you learn Instagram and market your small town, small business better online in 2021. All right. So I'm going to transition again. I said, this is going to be a short episode. So that's all just a recap of what small minded is, because I know like when I was coming up with the concept and like naming the podcast, I did get a little hesitancy from people. They're like, are you sure you want to name it small minded? And then I had to like go into why I chose it. And so I just want to reiterate like how being small-minded in my sense of the word is actually a very good thing. So we're going to recap that every so often. But now I want to get into a recent listener email. So in this email, I had someone reach out and this is a really common occurrence that I get, I don't know, I get it quite a bit. But People are like thinking about an idea. So they'll send me a DM or they'll send me an email and they'll say, this is on my heart. And I just want to hear it back from somebody. Is this crazy? Can I do this? Can I pursue this? Is this a legitimate need in our area? Can you just give me some feedback? So I get those messages a lot. So I do have this like most recent email, but that's not to say that this is only one time that this has ever happened. So I wanted to address it because there's probably a lot more people out there. A lot of you who are listening that have these really cool goals And maybe you're dreaming super big. Maybe you want to renovate a building in your downtown. You want to see a revitalization in the business community. Maybe you want to add on to your local school. Maybe you want to renovate your community church. Maybe you want to start a food pantry. Maybe you want to start a welcome committee. Maybe you want to start a young professionals organization. Maybe you want to have an art house in your small town. Maybe it's just that you want to have a reliable person take on a daycare because your community needs childcare. Whatever your goal or your dream is for your small town, know that it's legitimate. I want you to know that its ability to happen is equal to your ability to bring voice to it, to connect with others in community and ask them if it's something of value to them too. And then you just team effort that and you grow it into something big. By finding resources that you can connect with, by leveraging the power of people to help you see this project through and to help you get through those times and you will have them where your initiative seems daunting and too big to take on and you get tired and you get overwhelmed and it seems like it's lasting longer than it should. Every committee and every organization and every fundraiser I've ever been part of has had those moments. But when you get to the other side and it is through and you have completed this project or this goal or this dream, the rewards are so, so great. And you feel like you could do it a thousand times over again just to see the smiles that it brought to people's faces. All right. So, all that's to say that if you are listening right now and you have a dream on your heart, just keep pursuing it and continue listening because I want to get back to the specifics of this email. So, this listener wrote in and she asked about her thoughts of pivoting. So she has owned a business for over a decade, but recently, and she said it could be a part of the pandemic and maybe like how that affected small businesses, maybe just inspiring her to change her business model or her field of work. So she said she's wondering about pursuing this new goal. And she's done some research. She's taken some classes herself. She knows that this new line of work, this new industry that she's thinking about is really lighting her up. It's making her excited. She knows that there is a market for it. She knows that it's something that people need, but she also knows that for as many blessings as we have in small towns and opportunities, there is also another side to that where people do talk because people know people in small towns and people do talk to people in small towns. And when you pursue something new, there is a very real knowledge that people are talking about it, right? So in her email, she said, How do I pursue this without letting people think that A, I failed at this first business? And B, how do I know that they're going to support me as I make this change and this pivot away from what I've done for so long and this identity that I had and pursue this new, different? Avenue. So, with all of that in mind, and knowing that you listeners probably have a lot of these same ideas, but also the same reservations on your heart, too, I want to just share a couple of stories of my own that maybe you can identify with, and it can give you a little bit of encouragement to either pursue your idea right now or conduct a little bit more research and maybe just dip your toes in and see if what you're thinking about is actually. A viable option for you. So in my life, I have pivoted a few times. And when I first went back to my small town, I got married to my husband. We knew we wanted to start a family. I also had just recently graduated college. We got married pretty young. And I had a degree in teaching. And I knew that I wanted to teach. I love the idea of teaching. I was never one of those people who wanted to get into teaching as a like standover or layover to like an administrator role or a counselor role or something like that. I loved teaching. I loved being in the classroom and I loved leading those kids and helping them see the benefits and the beauty of lifelong learning. So I wanted that teaching position. But we also knew that when we wanted to start a family that there were probably some time limitations that would come into play. And we always kind of tossed around the idea that at some point I might stay home as a stay-at-home mom with the kids. So three years into teaching full-time, because I did have a couple years as a substitute at the beginning, three years into teaching full-time, I found out that I was pregnant with our third child in four years, which was that point where it made sense for me to be the stay-at-home mom because. With everybody in daycare and with the cost financially and time-wise, that that would be on me and our family, it was just going to be a lot to manage. So I had to make a big decision. In my small town and in my school, I had established this identity as the high school English teacher. And I loved it. I loved teaching. I didn't always love the grading of the papers, but I loved teaching and I loved working with kids. So when we were talking and having these private conversations as like a family, we decided that, yeah, I was going to stay at home and raise the kids. But I did really have a lot of, I don't know about you guys, but I get stomach aches when I'm stressed about stuff. And like I would have a pit in my stomach. And I did tell my administrator, the principal, about my decision. And he was super supportive. I loved my principal but i chose to withhold that information from my colleagues for the time being and from the students and as small towns do somehow word got out and the principal it wasn't him i mean that we had told a few other people too so somehow word got out in a shorter amount of time than i had planned on like people at the school found out that i would not be coming back the next year so that was a pivotal moment where i had to like step away from one identity as a teacher a full-time teacher and into this identity of oh she was a teacher now what's she going to do <laughs> and like this is 2014 and i feel like a lot has changed in a short amount of time but in that time frame people always were like oh you're they fell into two camps one was like oh you're retiring and i'm like well i'm not retiring i'm just like taking a step back for a few years like it doesn't mean i'm not ever going to teach again or people fell into the camp of home. So now you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. And some people were supportive, too. A lot of people were supportive, actually. But in my head, I was like, people think I'm giving up. They think that I am not doing anything. And all of you guys who are parents who have had to stay at home with your kids, especially after COVID, you know how much work being the full-time parent at home is. And for years while I was the stay-at-home mom, people were like, so when are you going back to teaching? Uh, What do you do with all your time? (laughs) And I was Like, I don't have time. I'm raising three kids. But there's all of these perceptions, and we get so caught up in what other people are thinking, and it is so scary, and it does make you sad, and it does make you pissed off sometimes. But in the end, their opinions didn't matter because I made the decisions that were best for me and my family, right? But in every stage of life, whether it's a personal or a professional decision, you're going to have these major decisions, and you're always going to think, what's best for you? And then you're also going to consider, oh my gosh, what is everybody going to say about it? Unless you have like super high self-confidence, which I think we all go through periods where our self-confidence isn't the highest. But I would be willing to bet that a lot of people consider other people's opinions when you're making these major life decisions too, for better or for worse. So that was a major turning point where I learned about like going through that motion of transitioning from my identity as a teacher to my identity as a stay-at-home mom. Then. Once this opportunity to start Molly Knuth Media came up, which is my full-time business that I own and started in 2017, I, for the first year, did not really promote it that much. And when people would ask me what I'm doing, they would be like, oh, so you going back to teaching? And I'd be like, well, actually, I'm doing a little bit of work on my own on the side. And they'd be like, oh, what are you doing? And then I'd say, well, I like run Facebook pages. I don't know. That's another really major. And I'd really downplay it because I was so concerned that people wouldn't think that this new method, new, I'm doing air quotes because Facebook business pages in 2017 weren't really new, but in my area, they kind of were to use them as a business marketing avenue. So I didn't think that that was like a legitimate job. And I knew that like there were people in my town who would not understand that I could make money on the internet. And something at some point just kind of switched. I would say like after about a year and I started like really seeing that I could make an income and a living from this, I quit downplaying that and I fully owned it. And that was also the time when I was like, instead of just saying, yeah, I don't know, what's this thing that I do. I would be like, I actually do marketing for small town, small businesses on Facebook, websites, Instagram. And people might at that point after I'd say that, they'd be like, oh, really? Or they'd be like, oh, really? (laughs) And you could just tell in their voice, like, that's something they're interested in, and they could use it too. But something switched when I began to own that. It not only switched for how people interpreted me and took my business, but it switched how I valued other people's opinions of what I did. And I, I can't say I never care what other people say, but I became a little bit more accepting of the fact that no matter what I do, There are probably people talking about it, for better or for worse. There are probably people out there suggesting me and talking me up just as frequently as there are people screenshotting my posts and then sharing them in a group chat and making shit. So, I mean, it's just the life of it. And I'm aware of that. And would it hurt my feelings if I had somebody say that to my face or if they sent the text to me instead of who they're intending to? Yeah, it would still hurt my feelings. But I'm at least like aware that, you know what, for every good thing that's being said, I'm going to value that while also acknowledging that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So once I got to that point, it became a lot easier for me to make big decisions and not care so much what other people thought. And I think that's a really big part of life in a small town. You can get caught up in like the idea of small town gossip. You can get caught up in the worry of what other people are saying about you when you're not in the room. But when you can work, and it does take work, but when you can work yourself up to a point of having confidence in who you are and what you do, and when you can have confidence that no matter what people say, you are making decisions in your best interest and in the best interest of your family, then it doesn't really matter what. Is being said in all those other areas. Like the great Rihanna, don't let the haters get you down. Actually, I think she said bastards. I may have misquoted that, but um, I like referring to that quote even when I do get it wrong. So, in response to that email asking, like, what will other people say? Just know that people are going to say great things. And there will probably be a few people that say, what the hell is going on? But If you know it's right for you, it doesn't matter. The end, period, end of sentence. The second part of that email was how will I get people to support me as I move from this one identity from this one business into this other one? And first of all, I think you will get the support of family and friends because the small towns are great for that. I think that will just like be built in. And then also, the more you demonstrate your value and your awareness, the more, or not awareness, skill set maybe is the right word, the more you can share what you're going to bring to the table and how you can help people transform their lives in the way they want to. And the more you can demonstrate that this is something that you're good at and it can help them and help the community as a whole, you don't even need to worry about support because they will come. That's something that sometimes happens overnight and a lot of times takes some time to demonstrate your value. And in small towns especially, I notice that like people are waiting for that first person to sign on and try something new. But once there's one person that's tried this new thing and they can tout the improvements that it's given them, then other people just flock. So you just need to get that first person to buy into what you're doing You need to give them love, do your best, by that person, that client, that customer, whatever. And then just like word of mouth in a small town, the value and the way that you help this person will spread through the community, creating ripple effects. And then you're going to have business and you'll have support. So that's my best suggestion there. But like I started this segment, you know, There's always going to be people with big ideas and big opportunities, and you're always going to fear what could be, what could happen, what about, what if, what should I do? The big thing is you got to believe in yourself, and you got to try that first step. It doesn't have to be a deep dive where you sell everything, and you take out a huge note, and then you jump in full tilt. It can happen slow, so you don't have to rush, but give it a shot. Okay. I had to step away for a second because like a lot of small town things, just had somebody come to the door and (laughs) had to answer. So I think this is where I left off, but I was ready to wrap up anyway. A, remember that it's okay to be small minded and put the needs of small towns first. B, if you have an idea on your heart that would improve you or your family, it's okay to pursue those dreams no matter what other people say. And to meld those two ideas together, a lot of times your idea or your dream goes beyond you and your family and it will have ripple impacts on the people in your community. And by doing that, by pursuing your dream, you're actually helping out others in your town and benefiting and adding to the quality of life there. So if you're dreaming big in a small town, I encourage you to take some steps to bring your dreams to life. Okay, I'm going to leave us there. And I will be back next week. We have a whole slate of exciting interview guests that I can't wait to share with you. So please tune in. And if you like this episode, rate or review it on iTunes, Spotify, or over on our Instagram or Facebook page. I would be so happy to hear what you are saying. Thanks again. And keep dreaming big in your small town. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at small minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.